I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Yesterday, President Biden signed a bill making lynching a federal hate crime. For the first time, explicitly criminalizing an act that had come to symbolize the grim history of racism in the United States. And uh, it's interesting. It's been more than 100 years, 200 200 failed pieces of legislation before President Biden was finally able to sign that bill into law, uh, making lynching a federal hate crime. Uh, The bill was an interesting byproduct of some very interesting groups coming together, both sides of the aisle. And so I want to start, actually, with uh, the vice president, Kamala Harris, was one of the prime sponsors of the bill when she was in the Senate. She delivered remarks yesterday at the signing ceremony. Today, we are gathered to do unfinished business, to acknowledge the horror in this part of our history, to state unequivocally that lynching is and has always been a hate crime, and to make clear that the federal government may now prosecute these crimes as such. Lynching is not a relic of the past. Racial acts of terror still occur in our nation. And when they do, we must all have the courage to name them and hold the perpetrators to account. President Biden said that he hoped the law would help in the fight against hate and racism in the country. But he acknowledged that it would be an ongoing fight. And it was interesting. The president said that hate never goes away. It only hides. It hides under rocks. Given just a little bit of oxygen, it comes roaring back, screaming. What stops it is all of us. Not a few. All of us have to stop it. So as you look at this bill, most people hear the bill and say, well, of course, everybody, everybody's against lynching. Everybody recognizes that as a hate crime. Uh, so why did it take so long? Why were there so many different problems And this is when I was going back to the start of the program today as we look at why is it that sometimes you have to scratch your head and say, well, what would Senator so-and-so have? Why would they have a problem with this? That's an obvious one. But you have to go past the headline. You have to dig into it. And usually there is a nuanced reason. And in this case, uh, it was Senator Rand Paul uh, who held the bill and he had some issues with it in terms of what it might do, what the downstream ramifications might be. There were some things that seemed to be unclear that could be interpreted in different ways. And so he took us behind the scenes. Uh, he spoke with us here at Inside Sources. We had a good chat with uh, Senator Rand Paul when he was in Utah not too long ago. But he took us behind what actually happened, how he worked with Democratic Senator Cory Booker to make sure they got the right issues ironed out so that this actually could become law. Take a listen. 
obviously the entire country, I can't think of any public figure who would uh, not be horrified by um, the concept or the action of lynching and would be for the severest penalties for murder. It's basically murder. Now, the history of this was a, sort of a sad chapter in our in our country's history. And so uh, Corey came to me with this bill and wanted to pass it as we read the bill. And this is something... You know, I'm a stickler for it. The title sounds good, but let's read it. We became aware that the original bill might have allowed people who painted graffiti on a church, which is a crime. You should be punished for that, but that's not lynching. And so we thought, wow, the, the, penalty, the penalty for defacing a church or the penalty for pushing someone in a, in a club and calling them a racial epithet, that's not lynching. If we call it lynching and put people in jail for 30 years, that wouldn't be fair or appropriate. And so we worked very hard with the language to make sure that uh, lynching, the horror of lynching and the crime, truly was lynching to make sure that these penalties weren't misapplied to people. In the end, they, they negotiated with us, and I think we made the bill a stronger, uh, better bill by, uh, by this negotiation. And that's the way it's supposed to be done. Uh, and so, again, sometimes we, we get so wrapped up in the headline or we get so wrapped up in the politics. So somebody would hear that Senator Rand Paul has held this bill uh, making lynching a hate crime. And you can go to the Internet. <laughs> go look at the Twitters. Uh, he was uh, called every possible name in the book. He, how could he be against such a thing? What kind of awful, no good, horrible uh, and on and on and on it went. And that wasn't what the issue was was about. It was to make sure that the language was specific in the bill, not the title of the bill, but the bill. Uh, and to make sure that it was punishing those, the right people, to the maximum degree that that is possible. And to make sure that others doing other things were not uh, wrapped up in a lynching hate crime. Uh, uh, Senator Paul said someone defacing a church under the way the bill was originally written. Uh, they could be sent to jail for 30 years for a lynching crime because the language wasn't clear. The law was not written uh, in a way that distinguished that or pushing somebody in a in a club or a bar or, or using a, a, a racial slur of some sort. Uh, horrible, awful, punishable, but not lynching. Uh, and so they had to go through that process and it, it's it's what I'm always pleading with people to get to is don't just buy the headline. What comes up in your social media feed is not the bill. Go read the bill and then let's make it better. And this is one of those great stories where Senator Rand Paul, obviously uh, a Republican from Kentucky, uh, more libertarian than anything. Senator Cory Booker, a liberal Democrat from New Jersey. And they came together and said, okay, let's, let's get it right. Let's not argue about the title of the bill and who's more awful or horrible or terrible. Let's get to the text of the bill. Let's have a conversation about what that is and what it actually says and what it will actually do when applied in the courts and see if we can't make it better. And they did. That's the way it's supposed to work. But... Sadly, what often happens is the politics of it gets so heated and so hot so fast that no one ever even gets a chance to read the bill. 
Uh, and so I, I applaud those that finally got this across the line. Uh, grateful that the president signed the bill yesterday, uh, making lynching a federal crime, a federal hate crime, uh, because that is what it should be. And it's just a good example and a good reminder for all of us. Uh, don't don't think somebody is a no good, awful, horrible uh, just because they hold a bill or they want to have a vote on a bill or they want to have a debate on a bill or they want to offer an amendment on a bill. Uh, that's very different than being against the title of the bill. Uh, and those are the nuances. Uh, if we are unwilling to slow down enough to get past the heat of the moment and look at the nuance and actually look at the words. Remember, the words have meaning and the meaning absolutely matters. And we have to get it right. Otherwise, we end up things with things in law that are become very difficult to change and that harm a lot of other people. And so that is the process. That is how it's supposed to work. We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news coming up. Everyone's talking about President Biden's big budget proposal. But does it really matter? The R Street Institute's Jonathan Bidlack says probably not. He's going to join us next to tell us about it. Stay with us. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson. And unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.